Super Talk Mississippi media production. Three record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We are very glad you're with us today. And uh, thank you each and every day for tuning in to the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored today by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, our good buddies here in Hattiesburg in Laurel and in a hometown near you. You can enjoy their delicious food seven days a week right here in Hattiesburg. They cook it up. It's mighty, mighty good. You can uh, eat in now. You can drive through. You can have it home delivered, whatever you choose. Just be sure you choose the good guys at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, big show today. Lee Roberts going to be joining us from the Southern Miss Radio Network, Kelly Center. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation, and I'll just throw this out there to you listeners. Before the show started, I was listening to the lamenting Saints fans, Heath Hinton and uh, and Luke Johnson, uh, as the Saints go down last night in the Black Star to Chucky and the Vegas Raiders. But we'll talk about that more later. Heath Hinton, the Golden Eagles, uh, lose another football game. My, my question to you this morning is, what are your subscribers on Big Gold Nation saying these days? You know, they're, yes, it was a loss. They're not too upset because they like what they saw as far as emotions and as far as the team's uh, spirit, the way they played the game. They felt it was much better. They like what they saw from from Coach Walden. You know, yeah, there was some decisions made that were a little iffy, but that's going to happen with a young coach. Uh, you're just going to have to take your lumps a little bit. Same happened with Fedor. If you don't remember, it took three seasons before he got a really good defensive coordinator in. He started winning more football games. Um, this is just – it was the first game of Scotty Walden's uh, being a head coach at Southern Miss. It the team looked better. The fans are more into it. I think it was overall good experience. I think fans felt really good after the game. I don't think they felt good about losing, but they felt pretty good after the game. They didn't feel good, I'm hoping, about the defensive performance in the second half. I, you know, probably not. But a lot of that, you know, we talk about defense performance in the second half. A lot of that has to be, you know, offense and defense has to work together. There were a lot of times in the second half where Southern Miss had the ball and there was just no slowdown involved. You know, you got a lead and we're out there at the end of the third quarter running, what, 65 seconds off the clock on the drive? You got to take more time off the clock. You got to give your defense time, a chance to rest. That didn't happen. Those are those coaching situations that, um, that Coach Walden, that'll that'll come with time when he becomes – when you get more experience. But, uh, you know, yeah, the defense didn't play well, but, you know, other parts of the team didn't help them in that, in that sense either. Luke? 
What was uh, the reaction, Heath, um, not only with you but, but other people, the aggression early in the game? You and I heard the uh, the reason for it. They had really already planned to go for two if they got a look and they got the look and you know, they went for it. What's kind of been the feedback that you've heard the last few days from the aggression shown by Scotty Walden in the first game? I think people were okay with it. I think they were okay with the aggression uh, as far as uh, the fans. My only thing was, especially with the field goal that you went for two on, I mean that you not you went for two, but that you uh, that you decided not to kick the field goal on. Yeah, it was fourth and seven. It's not fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and seven. Uh, you know, sometimes it's better to. Would that have been the first time Southern Miss would have taken the lead all season? Absolutely, they took the opening drive down the field, didn't get any points for it. At what point do you you go? Okay, there's aggressive, and then there's maybe just a little. T- too aggressive. But with what Southern Miss fans have been through, I don't think they're upset because they want the aggressive style of Coach Walton. So all in all, they weren't too upset about it. But I think, you know, at the time, maybe a field goal would have helped matters a lot more. Going in, I, I guess what I said was, I just, uh, I don't care if we win or not. I know that sounds awful. I said, I'm not necessarily looking for a W. Uh, I'm looking to see if they're going to play and want to be there. And they, and they did show that. And then after the fact, I really wanted the W. But defensively, Heath, um, our secondary is getting roasted by people. I get that. Malik Shorts has, has been a very good player back there. Um, how much of the failure of the secondary comes from the fact that there's no push or rush from the defensive line? A lot. Uh, they're having to cover guys, you know, three, four seconds. You can't do that. If you don't get a rush from the defensive line, or you don't make the quarterback uncomfortable and make him step up and do things that he doesn't want to do, there's hardly anybody going to stop a passing game. That's a big issue right there. The defensive line is getting no push. They also are having problems getting off blocks. If you watch the the running game, they could not seem to get off blocks. Now, is that going to change here in the future? Are they going to have to do some more things? Maybe, but right now the defensive line just is not getting much push on the ball. They're not getting off blocks. And I don't care who your DBs are. If you can't get pressure on a quarterback and he can sit back there, roast marshmallows, and cook a pot roast before he has to throw the football, you're not going to stop anybody. You know, Heath, I look at at the football program now, uh, having lost to South Alabama, having lost to what I think it's fair to say was a pretty depleted Louisiana Tech team hadn't practiced much, uh, real short of uh, players because of COVID-19. And I look at the way the last couple of years have gone, and I think this question has to be asked. Um, what overall do you think is the present talent level at Southern Miss? Wow. I think the present talent level right now is with good coaching, they could win games in Conference USA. I think. I think with – that's a tough question, man, because I've seen a lot less talented team, teams win a lot more games because of good coaches. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's—I think there's enough talent there to win games. What I don't think there is right now, I think the team has forgotten how to win football games. They've lost five in a row. They've had teams come back on them. They've built leads. They've watched those leads diminish. I think just as much as you build a winning um, you build a winning atmosphere. Sometimes you can build an atmosphere to where, well, we're, it looks like we're probably going to lose this game. I don't want to see that happen because, as I said, we have seen to where 
they've gotten leads. They've lost them. They've played well at times, but then, you know, towards the end of the game, they're giving up leads. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing you got to worry about right now with Southern Miss is that they don't have the atmosphere of it doesn't matter what we're going to do, we're going to lose the game. I think that's what the coaches are having to fight the hardest right now. You know, I've heard my buddy Luke talk before about his years with Southern Miss, and, and they had they had this pressure. Uh, uh, pressure may not be the right word. Luke can say it if it's not. But this pressure on them that they had a tradition to uphold. They could not be the team that let down – the famed Southern Miss football tradition. Is that gone now, Heath? Oh, I think gone are the days when Southern Miss walked into every conference USA game and every person in the stands and everybody in the world thought, is Southern Miss going to win this game? I think those times are gone. I think they can get it back. I think a lot of it's attitude. But when Luke was playing, when Southern Miss walked into a Conference USA game, people didn't go, Southern Miss probably doesn't have much of a chance to win this game. No. There was always a chance Southern Miss was going to win the game. Right, right. Is that, is I that don't fair, know Luke? If that's the case nowadays. Is that fair? That, it wasn't just that. I mean, it wasn't just that. When we walked into to Power 5 schools, there was it yeah. wasn't like we're going to win this game. It was everybody was saying there's a legitimate chance Southern wins this game. And so when it was Conference USA, it wasn't uh, they got a chance to win this game. It's like if they didn't win this game, something is radically wrong. That that's what it was like. That's and so true. now, it's uh, it's you know throwing the dice. Maybe you might win one. Maybe you might win four games. Maybe you might win five games. Back in the day, was man, the world's going to pot if you lose two. Right, right. I, I agree with I agree with Luke on that. They had such expectations on their team. That back then there was expectation Southern Miss was going to play for the championship. Southern Miss was going to win the championship. Um, nowadays, it's you know what? Every four or five years, we we think we might have a team to win the championship. Or those expectations need to come back. If you have fans with those type of expectations, and they demand—I don't want to say demand, but they expect their football team to win every game. I'm mean, ask you something. Does Alabama fans expect to go into any football game losing a game? No, no they don't. They expect no. to go every game they play winning. It's well, just a mindset. It's expectation. Southern Miss has got to get back to that. All right, Heath. Uh, good insight, man. We're trusting you'll keep us up to date on the on the mood uh, with all of your subscribers. Real quick, how can people subscribe to Big Gold Nation? Uh, you can just go to Google at Big Gold Nation, southernmiss.rivals.com, and uh, click subscribe. It's cheap. Uh, we talk about, you know, recruiting, different situations at Southern Miss. Uh, if you want the news, we'll have it first for you. All right, buddy. Thank you. Heath Hinton, everybody. Big Gold Nation, we suggest you subscribe today and uh, stay in the know. Go to Big Gold Nation. Listen to the Eagle Hour. There won't be a thing about Southern Miss sports you don't know about first. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we want to thank Heath Hinton for joining us in the first segment of the show today. Appreciate uh, his insight. The uh, Big Gold Nation, 
Uh, you can subscribe to that, and I get up to the minute Southern Miss news and information from Heath Hinton and Big Gold Nation. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They've got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel and accessories, as you know. You can go on their website at CampusBookmart.net. They'll deliver stuff right to your front door. Or you can shop online Monday through Saturday, Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. And we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us a little early in the show today. And Kelly, the Raiders, now the Vegas Raiders, broke Luke's heart last night as they beat his New Orleans Saints. Your observations of the football game. Man, I thought well, I thought early in the game the Saints looked terrific. You know, marched right down the field. But anytime you start off that well and then have to, you know, kick a field goal, that's that's kind of a sign of things to come. But I, I just didn't anticipate that the Raiders were going to be that strong. I'm glad to see that Southern Mrs. Jalen Richard had a had a really good game and in several facets there for the Raiders. But um, you know, lots of times. Teams will sneak up on you when not much is expected, and not a lot of people were talking about the Raiders this year. But obviously, off to a two and zero start, and they're going to be in that, that tough division because Kansas City obviously is in that division. San Diego is no slouch; their offense is not real good, but their defense is sensational. And I think the Broncos are probably going to be the last place team in that division. And how long has it been since you could say that? Right. So it's going, but the Raiders, you know, look terrific and. And you know, for the first time, for the first time in a while, I've heard some Saints fans this morning and last night saying Drew's starting to look his age. I think so. I'm going to get Luke to start doing some research for us. There was also a kid I saw him point out last night on the Raiders uh, from Columbia, Mississippi, and I just I can't remember. He was a defensive player. Jonathan Abram. Yeah. Where, yeah. Did, where did he play college football? Mississippi played State. at Jones College, and then he played at Mississippi State. I see. So two Mississippi kids on that Raiders team. Couple of couple of observations that I had, Kelly. I, I don't think there's any question, but that John Gruden is beginning to feel his oats and beginning to turn that franchise around. And then I look at their stadium, even though it was empty, and I, and I thought to myself, you know, initially, why would you want to leave Oakland, the, the Oakland Raiders? But buddy, I'm gonna tell you, I think they've got a business model and plan. I think when COVID is behind us and if the Raiders continue to improve, it's going to be a hot ticket to go spend a weekend in Las Vegas and take in a Raiders football game in that stadium. Your thoughts about that? Well, for many years, for many years, Las Vegas had been touted as a a place that would be a great place for professional sports, but it was looked down upon the fact that you could gamble, you know, in Mm -hmm. Las Vegas. And people just thought, you know, professional sports and gambling being that close together just probably was not a good thing. But that's when gambling was only allowed in Las Vegas. As gambling now has been made more legal across the country, uh, there, isn't a, there isn't a negative mark against uh, gambling like there once was. So it has now opened up Las Vegas for the Golden Knights, the hockey team that I think actually won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. And now, you know, the Raiders. And so there's plenty of money in Las Vegas, obviously. Right. Um, and that beautiful stadium, but it, it does seem wrong that, that Oakland and San Diego, for that matter now, neither one of those uh, California cities have pro football franchises. Yeah, I had an odd thought last night that occurred to me. It's just a personal thing, but I can see how if your football team moves from a city to another city and maintains their name and maintains their heritage, that that's, that's something you can deal with. I think that's much better than what I saw happen to my lifelong team. Even though they stayed in the same city, 
They junk the name. They jump the logo. They junk everything about the history of the franchise. I think it's an easier move uh, to watch what the Chargers and the and the Raiders have done. You're talking about the Washington football team. Correct. Course. The um, former Redskin team that no longer exists. But and, but the Raiders and, and, do exist. You see what I'm saying? Actually, actually, Bob, even when they were still in Washington uh, and are still in Washington, you know, they used to play at RFK Stadium. Right. You know, and so they've even changed their, their venue. Correct. You know, in, right. in the same city. So they right. have had a lot of changes. For right. Sure. No question. All right, Luke, your thoughts. Is Drew Brees done, Luke Johnson? Let me just tell you something, okay? Let me just remind you uh, about something. Whenever the Washington football team changed the name of their football team, you were so disgusted and tired and just being cranky Bob Getty that you said, I think I'm just going to jump on that Houdat wagon, bandwagon. I think I'm going to start pulling for the Houdat. So don't come on after we lose on Monday Night Football and say, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders. To quote Lauren Johnson, who just texted me, my beautiful wife heard you say that, and she just said, boo that. So go ahead, Bob. Make your choice. Right now, don't be talking about the Raiders and Drew's long in the tooth and all that stuff. Listen, we didn't play good last night. We didn't play good at all. Drew still completed close to seventy percent of his passes. Kamara looked really good. Uh, the defense just really struggled down the stretch. Um, and I'll tell you what, uh, it was bittersweet to see Jalen Richard at the end uh, get that touchdown. But the tight end for uh, is a beast. For Las Vegas. He is unbelievable. Darren Waller caught 12 passes last night. Saints didn't know what to do. But again, to quote my wife, if you're going to come on here after saying you're going to pull for the Saints, boo that. I don't want Lauren mad at me. I'm sorry, Lauren. I didn't mean, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean but, it quite like that. But you know, you can't always depend on those texts because I got one from Lauren Johnson after a three-day drunk that said, I married who? <laughs> So, well, I just don't want Lauren angry. Y'all, y'all can uh, y'all can have it, okay? Because I'm leaving after that. <laughs> no, now I'm getting in trouble over text message because you said that. I didn't have anything to do with it. Well, that's that's not oh, true. That was just a joke. I don't want to get anybody in any. In well, any trouble I, I tell you what, guys. Seriously, what is kind of sad though is you see these beautiful stadiums, and you know the same thing of the. Uh, that the Chargers are playing in. You know, they get these magnificent new stadiums. And kind of sad last night, guys, to see that thing just empty as a shell, wasn't it? But what's interesting to me is these brand-new stadiums, you would think bigger and better, right? Mm-hmm. They've got the better part down. But you'll notice that these new stadiums are not getting bigger. In mm-hmm. fact, they're getting smaller. I mean, that pace last night for Oakland only seats about 60,000, which right. 60,000 is still a good number. But in the grand scheme of things, when you you know when you look at the Superdome that seats you know what eighty five or ninety, and mm-hmm. Michigan and Ohio State's College Stadium seat one hundred and ten, these NFL venues are getting smaller, um, which is going to make you know the, uh, a season ticket certainly more prime real estate. But also in the in the marketing arena, it, it makes them more marketable for concerts and things like that. If they get too big, then um, you know it's it's better to have a smaller place that's full. That's right. Than a bigger place that's empty. Absolutely and, right. And as 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 college football evolves, you know, I I could see. You know, I don't know how far down the road, but honestly, right here at Southern Miss, I could see one of the top decks. You know, just being eliminated. Right, Luke. Haven't we just, talked about that in the past? That some of the colleges, even in the SEC, were were, were actually reducing their stadium capacity a bit. 
Yeah, because you know times are changing, and with with TV contracts, more and more and more people staying home, and again, it's it just looks better to have a smaller stadium that's full than a bigger stadium that's empty. Right. Uh, and of that's what Tulane did. That's what South Alabama right. did with their new stadiums. Tulane rebuilt theirs. It was weird for me. We we played in '03 in Legion Field, and it was uh, it was the double deck was there. The second deck was up, and then I think because it was uh, it, there were some safety issues, but for attendance also. When we went back in 2005, they had removed it, and it was so weird to go back to a stadium that you had played in before, and then half of it was missing. But you know, eventually you got to do what you got to do, and and I think teams and and universities like South Alabama and Tulane, they know what their niche is, they know what their their base is, and then they they build it to fit it. And then it, I think I guess down the the way you cut down on maintenance and you cut down on other things, and so the the investment's worth it. And you guys, before we go to commercial break, I, I just wanted to give kudos to our, our buddy Picasso Nelson from Southern Miss, who has been picked up by the Tennessee Titans uh, practice squad. You know, when you see all the injuries of all the players so far this year, some of that could be they just haven't had enough time to, to you know, condition, get ready for the season or the preseason, no preseason games, but a ton of, ton of injuries. And I think this is going to be the year of the tight end. But, congrats, you know, with just all the, the tight ends have had just great weeks scoring touchdowns and catching a lot of passes, as Luke mm-hmm. noted even last night. But uh, congratulations to Picasso now, a, uh, a yeah, good for Titan him after with the Colts and Dolphins. Last question, Luke, before we run out of time about the Saints. Alvin Kamara, I, I, I watched him last night. I think he's a phenomenal running back. I Just clearly one of the two or three best running backs in the league. Well, was that serious talk earlier this year when they floated that idea about trading him? I just can't imagine they'd want to lose him. It was all about you know him signing and was there money there. He kind of wanted something in the neighborhood of what McCaffrey and Derrick Henry got. He settled and uh, Saints got him for about fifteen million a year. So, yeah, he I think he was one of those guys just trying to get a, a little more than what they were offering him. And he he loves New Orleans being featured back. I mean, even last night he's he's probably the most one of the most dangerous guys no in the NFL. Ran the ball strong last night. And if you've never watched him in the off season. He will literally get on one of those balance balls while he juggles with his hands to work on mm. his balance. It's really astonishing. And a conference USA player, am I correct about that? No, 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 no. I, no, he was no, at, he was no, at Tennessee. Right. I, I've got if you, no, I've if you got go back, you, you find out you find player. out that Butch Jones had his best player on the bench for several years. Yeah, no, I got another player in mind about that. All right, Kelly, thank you, buddy. Uh, talk to you again tomorrow. Looking forward to it, guys. Kelly, to the top. Kelly Santer, everybody, the one and only. And if you know him, you know there's a lot in that state, but the one and only Kelly Santer will be back tomorrow. Lee Roberts is next on the Eagle Hour. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment of Eagle Hour brought to you this Tuesday by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of Trivia Night, home of some uh, great pool, Southern Miss memorabilia, and, of course, the 895 lunch every single day. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Joining us now, Lee Roberts, color analyst for the Southern Miss football broadcast team and, of course, former Golden Eagle quarterback. Um, Lee, there was more energy in the Rock um, Saturday night, and I just thought it was funny. I was watching Scotty Walden in pregame. He runs down and covers the punt with the punt team. He he was literally throwing routes to receivers, and I just wanted to think, you know, did Coach Bauer or Larry Keck, did they ever do that in pregame with you? No. Now, maybe Coach Bauer may have, but I don't think Coach Keck ever had. But, you know, and, and you just, I mean, you said it. I mean, what what you saw out of Scotty Walden, I mean, that's who he is. I mean, he is an energetic guy, and you know, and you know, from the top down, that's what, that's what he's trying to teach these guys is to carry an energy and carry an enthusiasm. And, you know, I think the fans, you know, really got into it as well. I mean, again, this is an era where it's really tough to see what kind of energy we have in the, in the uh, fans. But, you know, of those that were there, I thought it was, was pretty electric. And, you know, I'd love to see what The Rock would do right now. Um, but, yeah, Scotty Walden, I mean, he, he's a guy. I, I think I heard Swayze Bozeman in an interview just kind of say, you know, he's, he's kind of crazy in a good way. Um, <laughs> but that's just kind of, that's just kind of how he is. I mean, he is, he is a 30 year old head coach that has got a bright future ahead of him. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate to have him right now. And uh, we just, we got to figure out a way to get some wins. Yeah, we were we were. I was okay with the aggression in the first quarter, and and he talked about you know after the game the looks that they got, and they felt like the offense was in momentum, and I think we can expect some of that aggression going forward. But what did you see differently in the offense, um, and especially in the running game, some of the the vertical passing game? What was the biggest difference you saw Saturday night? You know, I think just trying to take some shots down the field, and I knew that was kind of their plan going in. They wanted to you know, get Jack in a rhythm, and, uh, and and that's so so vital. I mean, we've seen Jack over the last three years, what he can do against Louisiana Tech hasn't been his, his best games, but I thought he played really well Saturday. I mean, take away the one interception, he's pretty flawless night, but uh, he's got some, you know, pretty good talent out wide, and I could definitely see how the offense kind of took a step down when Tim Jones was not in the, the game, so there, that's obviously an area we do have to get better, and you know, once Jack gets more comfortable with some of those wide outs out wide and they get more comfortable with him, I think they'll, um, you know, you'll see a difference there as well. So, but no, I just think uh, kind of the mindset going in, just, you know, being a little more aggressive and, you know, we did a pretty good job protecting Jack as well. And, you know, obviously running the ball better than we did the previous week, still not where we want to be. But uh, I felt like offensively we, we did, we moved the ball, we scored when we, we needed to and um, really didn't hurt ourselves too bad. Uh, Lee, I've said uh, all week. I think the offense played well enough to win the football game. I don't. I don't think you can lay the the you know the the loss at the feet of the offensive team. I thought they played pretty well. Can't give up seventeen point leads. I mean, I think that's just the bottom line. Yeah, and, and I know. I mean, and you can see that turning point where Louisiana Tech started to take momentum there uh, in that second half. You know, they drove down and scored, and then you know we had a screen pass interception that they got picked off, and they ended up scoring from that point as well and the, the momentum just shifted big time and you know credit them their coaching staff and their their players made plays when they needed to and you know they had a fight in them that it was not going to end and uh yeah we gotta we gotta be able to hang on to a 17 point lead and um that's just one of those things going forward you you got to learn from unfortunately we couldn't get that first conference win saturday you made a point that off the air too. I think maybe we're overlooking a little bit, and that you know Skip Holtz has done a heck of a job at Louisiana Tech. Uh, you recited what have they won six straight bowl games? I mean, you got to give some credit to him 
He's a he's a heck of a football coach and got him a good program going there. You know he is, and and last year had you know the conference player of the year and um, at quarterback, and you know just what he's been able to do, and and yes, yeah, six straight bowl wins. I mean, and last year even shutting out Miami uh, in their bowl game. So it's not like they're they're beating teams that they should be. I mean, they're beating teams that they you know probably on paper should not beat. And uh, you know, again, I, I would love to say that you know we could have had a different result on Saturday. Obviously coaching staff the players know we didn't win but i felt like they took strides in the right direction but again not to take anything away from louisiana tech did they, they came in here and played really good ball and uh, hats off to their coaching staff all right i think it gets tougher this week uh there was a time that we used to years ago back when you were playing uh even before that that we didn't ever think that we would uh, have you know a chance of losing many games to tulane but that's another program that that has improved and is it fair to say they present probably an even bigger challenge this weekend. You know, they do. And, and and they're a team that's coming off a very tough loss as well. And talk about giving up, you know, 17-point lead. They gave up a, a big lead uh, Saturday as well. I think they may have had a 27-point or 24-point lead and end up getting beat 27-24. to 24. So there's a team that, you know, last year in the bowl game beat us. So they've got confidence from that. And, two, they've got a little something else to prove as they drive down uh, highway 59 to or up highway 59 to highway uh to, to meet us um that, that's a team that that definitely wants to wants to get better as well and uh you know southern miss two-lane rivalry I'm, I'm glad it's back i'm glad that there are some games on the schedule uh, from this point forward this was one that you know we weren't expecting but uh jeremy mclean and the administration was able to get this one put on the schedule when we lost auburn and and what a what a great what a great game and again a team that can come in here just 100 miles away i think it right. will again be another uh, another great atmosphere football and baseball let's get back to playing Tulane every year in football and baseball Lee. i would i would love it i mean it's such a close you know close school and we we were in the conference together i, I think it needs to be something that we do from this point forward i, I really do i think for a fan base for fans uh, for players looking forward to it's just it's really good for the game right look Positives uh, going forward, um, I thought Ragsdale ran the ball a lot better um, the other night. I, I felt like the, the the passing game, Lee, opened up some of the running game. And Frank Gore Jr., uh, the first that first little pass he got out of the backfield, I mean, he juked one guy, he outspun another guy, looked like a PlayStation control going on. Uh, the running, we, we didn't see D. Baker, saw Perkins in, in short space, uh, but but I, I thought that the they can build on the running game going forward. Yeah, and, and that was an area we knew coming into this year we had to get better. And against South Al, we didn't really run the ball very well. I think we finished 130 yards or so. You know, not one guy that really was that much better than the next. I think numbers, they were pretty similar. But you're right. I mean, Perkins kind of adds that, that big back, a guy that can, can run over you. Um, Ragsdale, you know, kind of an experienced guy coming from junior college. And then you've got the true freshman, Frank Gore, um, and he is very fun to watch, and I, I look forward to watching him for, for many, many years to come. And I think those guys are, are getting better each and every week. Um, Coach Davis working with them. And, yeah, the, the passing game will open up the running game and vice versa. And so the better we run the football, the better uh, our offense will be. 
Any indication from anything you've heard this week? All we heard over the weekend was that Tim Jones had a soft tissue injury. I assume that to be a hamstring. He was on the bike. The offense changed completely when he got out of the game. Any indication whether he's going to be ready this week? You know, the thing about Tim Jones is he's not going to miss any playing time unless he's really hurt. So we so we knew he was he was really hurting. The good part is he, he couldn't really remember when he got hurt. So it wasn't a certain play where he knew that it, it really tightened up. It was more or less when he came to the sideline and realized it was it was pretty tight on him and uh, got it checked over and uh, but yeah, he tried he tried to keep it warm, keep it on the on the bike on the sideline, just really never got back in the game and our offense really it really affected our offense with him out of there. You know, this week if if he's not getting the reps, that means somebody else is and, and I think that's good for somebody like um, Demarcus Jones and Jason Brownlee, some of those other guys that aren't getting the touches that they'd like, but they're going to be contributors. So I, I would love to see Tim Jones in the lineup Saturday, though. I thought he was the best player on the field in the first half uh, Saturday night, Lee. No, absolutely. And, and really, even in the conference, he's leading the conference in uh, receiving yards as well. So not only on the field Saturday, but, you know, what he's doing, you know, over the span of two games so far, we've, we've got to have him back. He's a a big-time threat, a, a senior leader, kind of that, that quiet, soft-spoken guy that's not going to say a whole lot, but he just kind of shows you on the field how to play. I think another Golden Eagle with an opportunity maybe to play a little NFL football. They were certainly saying yeah. that on the telecast Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got the tools. Um, you know, obviously he's got to get over this little injury, and hopefully it's nothing that is going to hold him back. But he's got all the tools that he needs to go to the next level for sure. Lee Roberts, we appreciate you each and every week. Uh, you're going to be with us every Tuesday moving forward, and uh, we'll look forward to our discussions with you uh, every Tuesday afternoon on the Eagle Hour, my friend. All right, sounds good, guys. I appreciate you, and uh, Southern Miss to the top. There we go. Lee Roberts, everybody, color analyst for the Golden Eagle Network, great quarterback uh, for Southern Miss, a conference champion quarterback. Uh, Luke, you know, we talk a lot about what do we got to do to get back where we want to be. You heard Luke. Uh, you heard Lisa. He got to win conference championships. That's what he did when he was here. He helped win conference championships. Great dude, great quarterback, and uh, great ambassador for the university. Happy uh, to have him on every week on the Eagle Hour. All right, Luke and I will take the last segment ourselves. We'll wrap it up in about uh, about four minutes. Hang with us. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty. It's the Eagle Hour. Thank you for joining us today. This fourth segment brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Located online, toyotahattiesburg.com and in person at Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go on their website. You can look at all their inventory new pre-owned certified vehicles and then you can pick out what you want to drive and go take that test drive on highway 98 toyota of hattiesburg proud sponsor 
of the Eagle Hour. Well, after two weeks, um, Southern Miss 0-2, and yet many Golden Eagles, uh, actually four of them in really the top five uh, statistically in the NCAA. Jack Abraham is fourth right now nationally in passing yards, 578 yards through two games. Tim Jones, third in receiving yards per game, just under 150 yards per game. And Tim Jones also leading the country in total receiving yards at 299. Cameron Harrell, second right now in kickoff return average at 32.5 yards per return. Tim Jones also fourth all-purpose, so Tim Jones in the top five in three statistical categories. And then Malik Shorts is fourth nationally right now in total tackles uh, per game. So 0-2, but a lot of things going well um, statistically for Southern Miss, and I, I, especially what you see out of Jack Abraham and, and that offense uh, the other night, and hopefully um, they'll turn it around at Tulane this weekend. We did not let you know yesterday, and want to go back and let you know what Conference USA did over the weekend. Um, several big games um, going on, just a, a few to mention. Uh, UTEP defeated Abilene Christian 17-13. to SMU blew out North Texas 65-35. Troy really handled it to uh, Middle Tennessee 47-14. to UTSA now 2-0. and they beat Stephen F. Austin 24-10. to Liberty beat Western Kentucky 30-24. to But, God, uh, Bob, the, the game that everybody was was looking was that 2.30 CPS kick. How about the Marshall Thundering Herd knocking yeah. off Appalachian mm-hmm. State, who was ranked at the time. Marshall gets into the top 25 this week. Marshall defeats Appalachian State 17-7. to So if my math's right, I think Conference USA goes 4-3 and three this weekend. Obviously, the Louisiana Tech game and Southern Miss game uh, annulled by that. But, yeah, 4-3 four, four Conference for USA on the weekend. Right now, Marshall, the best-looking team in the league. I don't think that's arguable. I think right now they are the best team in the league. I tell you, a team that kind of surprises me is you remember just a couple of years ago, there was a lot of lot of talk about North Texas and that their program was on the rise. They had one of the hottest young coaches in the country, but uh, they lost that the outstanding quarterback of theirs, and uh, they they've got some work to do. Luke, North Texas seems to have fallen back in the pack pretty considerably. And it's been it's been on defense. Uh, they put thirty five points up. You put thirty five points up. You don't expect to lose by thirty, and that's what happened. Of course, SMU has a great offense. Garrett uh, Riley, Lincoln Riley's brothers, the offensive coordinator there. Um, they scored twenty one points in the first quarter. So it, it's a it's a case of uh, North Texas defense. And and when you look at kind of what you know the the coaching makeup there is it, it comes from a Mike Leach background and and uh, you know just wide open offense uh, another another team that that needs to be taken um, seriously is UTSA Jeff right. Trailer in his first year uh, came out of the Chad Morris uh, kind of offensive scheme at Arkansas and, and at SMU they're two and O Tyrone Nix is uh, the defensive coordinator and then of course you know like we just talked about uh, the the thundering herd. Of Marshall, they get into uh, the top twenty-five this week. At twenty-five, how the only way you could face them is if you, uh, you know, you you win the West, and you got to worry about a whole lot of other people uh, yeah. before you get to that moment. But yeah, I, I'd like to see what Marshall does going forward. Should be exciting. San Antonio and Marshall, you think the two best teams playing right now? It's only the second week, but right now in the West, San Antonio appears to be the team that uh, somebody's going to have to beat. 
Well, you hope that Louisiana Tech's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, you hope, yeah. <laughs> after, after you get beat behind by one. And I think they will be. I, I tell you what, the Luke Anthony kid at quarterback really, really, really impressed me. Ability to throw on the run. The touchdown that he threw in, in uh, the third quarter was a dime. I mean, yeah, in between two missed defensive backs. So I, I think probably La Tech, UTSA right now, drifting more towards the top and it'll be interesting to see what utsa does when they get into uh, conference play pretty safe to say that you think uh we've seen that whoever follows louisiana tech has seen the last of the quarterback rotation after the way uh the kid that you just mentioned played yeah, they they brought Allen back in in the fourth quarter, but I think it's Luke Anthony's job. He's a graduate transfer. He played a lot at Abilene Christian, and you know the question is, can you step up and and play the next level? And, and he did. I don't think there's any any question at all. He's probably going to be their their quarterback going um, going forward. Just want to give some encouragement to Frank Gore Jr., who tweeted this out, Bob, this morning. Frank Gore Jr. on Twitter. I just got chased by a squirrel. I'm getting out of Mississippi. people were saying hey man it's okay and he said he replied back he said i was so scared emoji laughing face so frank gore they may frank gore jr they may not be down in in miami where you came from they're in south mississippi they won't hurt you no he's probably gonna stick around and don't go anywhere this kid has a lot of talent he could be a really special player uh here at southern miss All right, that wraps it up for today. Luke and I will be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We thank you every single day for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.